Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Happy Throwback Thursday, everybody. Happy Happy Thursday. Thursday. All right, Kevin, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Did you watch all of Fosse Verdon? Yes, I most certainly did. Or as I think it should be called, Verdon dot 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 and some guy named Bob. Yes, exactly. I, I mean, we've talked about the performances in it and everything, but it, I found it to be a very well-made piece of television. I had, I looked forward to seeing it every single week, not just because it's the people that we know and love. Uh, I thought it was very interesting when Lin-Manuel came out as Roy Schneider. Like, that's Lin-Manuel! <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a cameo if I ever saw one. Okay, he actually um, looked right like Roy Schneider. He did, though. He really did. I was very impressed. But um, I, I found it very, almost a little sad, the whole thing, sometimes. Like, it's, 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 his life, what, he had such an impact on this art form, but it, what a, he seemed like a real sad man. Yeah, it was a little, a little sad and, a little, uh, very, and very creepy. Uh, very creepy. Um, yeah. Although I was going to say, I'm seeing a lot of responses from people on Facebook who worked with him saying that's really not what he was like and he wasn't all like that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm yes, just and a lot of people we've interviewed really loved him and, and the loved working with him. And I think that perhaps, you know, the piece showed a little bit more of the man and instead of like the director and this icon that people, cause when you look up to someone so much, you can have a little bit of rose colored glasses on as well sure. and not see the day to day life and all of that. So sure. I think what it sought, sought to do is really show the fuller picture or what they thought the fuller picture or the based on the book with the fuller pictures of him. But I think walking away from it more than anything, I'm just, I now understand why when we interview people and they talk about with such reverence seeing Gwen Verdon on stage, uh, I think that uh, the TV series certainly painted a picture with the help of Michelle Williams' incredible performance, but we really got a fuller picture of who this incredible woman was and how we need to, whenever we say the name Bob Fosse, it, it has to follow with a Gwen Verdon every single time because she really helped make the man. Uh, if that, if I can say that, you know, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's really what was so prominent in the whole thing, which was, you know, just w- what kind of individual he was and how she, it, what, what I got the impression was, and people can agree or disagree. So I'd love to hear people's thoughts. I got the impression that he really was an okay average person, but when she came along, she really pushed him into the right the right realms into the right world and the right artistry. Yes, so yes, indeed. I got a little sense that it was almost like the emperor had no clothes until she dressed him. Right, which is I don't know how factual that is, don't and know. that might be. Yeah, I don't know, but it was certainly I, I loved watching all of it, and I thought it was a really great. Michelle Williams was fabulous. Did you read My... the article about how she came up with her voice? No, it's really interesting. One of the things she said they they were like, "What was the key to unlocking everything for you?" And she said, "Well, I was okay with placement." She said, but the thing that really changed my outlook on her was she was talking to Nicole Fossey, and Nicole Fossey said, my mom had a habit of emphasizing the wrong word in the sentence. And she said, and once I understood that, then I was able to go in and play around with it. And when you listen to Gwen Verdon, you're like, oh, that is true. She doesn't place the emphasis on what the most obvious operative word would be. 
Wow, that's so specific too. Wow, yeah, that's, it was, just, it was yeah. really interesting. And then you listen to Michelle Williams, and you go, "Oh, that is true. She does." There she is. Yeah, the wrong words. So anyway, I thought it was really, really fantastic. I fantastic. Thought, she better win an Emmy. If she doesn't, I'm yeah. quitting the business. And by quitting <laughs> the better. business, I get angry for thirty seconds and then look for more work. Uh, <laughs> Watch more television. Yes, I got now. no morals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. Uh, but speaking of Gwen Verdon really quickly, that's my favorite thing today. What? Gwen Verdon? Yes. Have you ever seen this? This is You're going to go to YouTube, uh-huh. and you're going to type in Gwen Verdon final stage appearance. Once again, that's Gwen Verdon final stage appearance. The sad thing about Gwen Verdon is so little of her work is preserved um, on film. You know, she didn't get to do charity. She didn't get to do Chicago. There was no films of Redhead or New Girl in Town. Um, and she really, I mean, there's like little Ed Sullivan clips here and there. But to see her in action, well, in 1997, they did a benefit, the Sweet Charity Benefit, which was done, I believe, at Lincoln Center, I believe. Um And for this, they decided it was going to be a revolving door of charities and revolving doors of Oscars and all the other characters. Do you remember this? No. Oh, my God. The charities were like Donna McKechnie and B.B. Newworth and Debbie Allen and uh, like uh, Brian Stokes Mitchell showed up and John McMartin came back and did a scene as Oscar. Like it was it was like Marissa Tomei was in it. Betty Buckley was in it. Like, uh, Dom DeLuise, I think, was in it. Um, Mar- um, oh, so here we go. So, so it was filmed. Somebody bootlegged it. Um, it's amazing. Oh, you know the cops at the beginning that, like, take her out of the fountain? Yeah. The two cops were former New York mayors, Ed Koch and David Dinkins. No. <laughs> that's, um, that's, that's incredible. So, okay. So, there's the, if you remember, there's a scene in Charity where she meets Vittorio Vidal. Right? Oh, yes. The Italian movie star. Played in this version by who? Uh, Antonio Banderas. <laughs> oh, even better. Robert Goulet. Shut your face, Robert Schneider. Robert Goulet is Victoria. I cannot believe he didn't sing that song. Mar- oh, yeah. Marla Maples is the, the woman who's, like, angry at him. And his butler is Charles Nelson Riley. That was, like, the caliber uh, of people that they had for this thing. So, anyway... If you remember, there's a scene where the girlfriend shows up at the bedroom and Robert Vittorio is like, go hide in the closet. The closet, yes. So I think it's Debbie Allen. So Debbie Allen runs into the closet and then all of a sudden the closet door opens again and out comes Gwen Verdon. They didn't announce like who was playing who or when they were going to be playing them. But Gwen Verdon comes out and the audience like gives her an immediate standing ovation. So here's the cool thing. They do the entire closet scene from Sweet Charity with Gwen Verdon reprising her role as Charity. The whole, like, smoking the cigarette and, like, blowing it into the dressing bag. Like, all this stuff that you, like, read read in reviews and you're like, it's so funny. She blew smoke into a dressing bag. And you're like, how's that fucking funny? I don't see how that's funny. And then you watch her do it. And you're like, done. Done. But the best part of it is, and I don't want to give anything away, but I'm going to. The yeah. Because clo- there's no set. It's just a rolling doors, the closet, which they forgot to break. And at one point, like, Gwen Vern's, like, listening in, and she falls over. Um, and, like, the whole, like, door thing flies. And everyone's like, this is an old woman who just fell on stage. 
the way she recovers is just a testament to what a genius actress she is. So once again, this is Gwen. You're going to go to YouTube. You're going to type in Gwen Verdon final stage appearance. It's the sweet charity benefit from 1997. If anyone has, I used to have the full bootleg of it and I cannot find it. So it's not on YouTube. The whole thing's not on YouTube. It used to be on YouTube, but then somebody took it off. But like you can find like segments of it. But like I said, the cast was everyone and their mother in this thing. It was Brian Stokes Mitchell. It was John McMartin. It was yeah. Bibi Newworth, Donna McKechnie, Debbie Allen, um, at Charles Nelson Riley, Dom DeLuise, the two mayors of New York City, Marla Maples. Like, all of these different people just coming in and out playing all of these different roles. It's so good. It's just so good. So if anybody can find it, please let me know. Send it to me. But you really want to watch this just to see what she was like on stage. And mm-hmm. even though she's much older than when she played Charity originally, it's fabulous to watch. Oh, yeah. You get arrested still. Oh, I got to see that. That was I'll my that. favorite yeah. thing for this week, which is Gwen Verdon's final stage appearance, Sweet Charity Benefit. Also, you get to hear Goulet. And of course, watch how many times Goulet breaks character. Can you give me a preview a little bit, Rob? Just a little bit? Well, like at one point, like she falls and it goes, oops. <laughs> or like they're, they're giving her a standing ovation and he's just standing and goes, they love you. They love you. They love you. And finally, Charles Nelson Riley is like, I can't take this any longer. And he's like, what did you want to say to like quiet everybody down? <laughs> it's so good. It's just so oh good. God. And he sounds OK, Goulet. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's late. It's 97, you said? I mean, it's not exactly 1964, so, yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I don't need rehearsal. But but before he did South Pacific, so, you know, he was still in his peak form. (laughs) Dites-moi. Pourquoi? How are you doing tonight? You having a good night? (laughs) Let's talk about racism in the South Pacific. (laughs) (laughs) Not not, not a good thing. Not a good thing. Bad. Uh, bad. This is bad. That's his. That's in his, that's his script subtext. Yeah. Bad. Just bad. Oh, I don't say that. Oh, my bad. I learned from Uta Hagen. <laughs> she told me I'm supposed to speak my subtext. So in this monologue here about racism, I just wrote bad. <laughs> They'll get it. The audience will get it. They'll understand. I'm as corny as Kansas in August. Speaking of corn, remember that time Carol Channing took a shit and found corn? Remember that, kids? All right, go ahead. Keep singing Ditsy Moi. Oh, that was good, Rob. Thank that you. That's good. That's it. Just oh, I miss Rob there. a little bit. Um, so, charity. Uh, my favorite thing is a little, it's kind of wacky, and, and, I, and I'll tell the story of how I got to it, because then it might make more sense. Uh, the other day, I, well, because this is a specific episode of a podcast, but it's a podcast that I don't know if any listeners that we have would listen to. I didn't even know that these kinds of podcasts existed. Uh so this, <laughs> so I, 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 well, I, you'll hear, you'll understand. I wanted to listen to Baker Street. Uh, I know that sounds like a sentence no one ever said before, but I did. And I thought, I really want to listen to Baker Street. Uh, and so I thought it was it might be on Spotify because Spotify has so many of the old, old cast recordings and l- some of the lesser known cast recordings, such as Baker Street, which is a musical from 1965 that was uh, sort of forgotten, we might say, um, a little bit, well, a lot of it. Um, but it, uh, so I searched on Spotify and I typed in Baker Street. Nothing came up. I, sometimes you have to type in like Baker Street Musical or Baker Street Broadway. And then this thing popped up. A podcast, uh, a podcast on Spotify, and it's all, I checked it. It's on the regular podcast app as well. The podcast is called "I Hear Sherlock Everywhere," 
It's called I Hear Sherlock Everywhere. It's a podcast. They call it the fresh air for Sherlock enthusiasts. They have... I think hundreds of episodes. They're still making them. Started in like 2008. They're still making episodes to this day. They have five stars. They're very highly rated. They're really well done. Uh, and and it says a musical stroll down Baker Street is this episode. So if you want to find this this specific episode about Baker Street, the musical, and I'll get more in a minute, but it's called I Hear Sherlock Everywhere, and then you can type in stroll down Baker Street. Uh, and what I, what I found was these these two guys that are Sherlock enthusiasts, uh, and in as part of their the purview of their podcasting, they wanted to they discovered that there was a musical about Sherlock Holmes, and there is, and so they found Fritz Weaver, who is the original Sherlock in 1965, and in 2010 they interviewed him, and they talked about his experiences doing the show, his career, what it was like working with Inga Swenson, who would play the love interest in it. It, it is, I have to tell you, it is such a good interview. They do such a good job. And Fritz Weaver, unfortunately, is no longer with us. He died, I think, like in 2006, I think. We kept trying to get him. I know, you know, he's he. We this is as close as you're going to get. Uh, and they and what they do is they 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 not only interview him, but they play little clips of the show and they talk about remember this song and then they play it and, he, and then you hear him remember by listening to it and they go oh boy and he would give context to it and he would talk about what it was like to work with the the guy who played Moriarty the the villain in it and he would talk about how great it was to work with Inga Swenson. This is also a reminder that the, the uh, Baker Street was Hal Prince's third production that he was the director you know the first being a family affair second being she loves me and then in 1965 you have uh this baker street um he talks about how uh, in the chorus of this show was uh, making their broadway debut was to- tommy toon and christopher walken and he talks about what it was like to work with them and how you know their experience um he, uh, they do not mention the fact that they had to add um a couple songs by Bach and Harnick because the songwriters, uh, which were Marion Grudoff uh, and Raymond Jessel, I know that probably a lot of you are like, well, the old songwriting team of Grudoff and Jessel. This is the only Broadway show that they ever did. They were um, a team that uh, that met in Canada came to New York for a while, and then they went – subsequently, uh, she, Marion, was a concert pianist. Fun fact, uh, while she – she one of the students that she taught back in Canada was Lisa Lambert, who gave us Drowsy Chaperone. Oh so just an example of how the legacy can trickle on down to today. Uh, and um, Raymond Jessel, actually, if you look up um, Raymond Jessel, America's Got Talent, in 2014, he made it to the second round or the third round uh, by singing one of his comic songs as an octogenarian. So weird and random, right? Uh, but they, they wrote this, this show. Now, let's be fair. Um, they're no longer with us, so I think I can say this. The score is kind of forgettable. Their score is. It's not one of the most well-known scores, and that's why I wanted to listen to it again because I've listened to it so many times and can't ever remember, remember it. But three songs are by Bach and Harnick, and if you do happen to listen to this, this, those songs are Cold Clear World, I Shall Miss You, and I'm in London Again. Those are the three songs that were ghost-written by Bach and Harnick, which I think is a fun fact. But most importantly, I really, really think you should check out this interview with Fritz Weaver, where he talks about show business, what it was like working back then, how Rex Harrison opened the door for actors because he was not a musical yeah. theater actor, but he was. He would talk about how now, at, well, back then, you know, people like him, you know, singing actors um, could do musicals now, and that it, how the doors opened a little bit for that. And he, you get a little bit of what it's like for him as an aging actor, because this is 2010, and he had just been on Broadway in 1999, and I forget what the play was, but. 
that was his last credit. Um, but he was saying how how it's harder as an actor that age is to to get more work and and to keep trying to you know keep your chops moving. Um, but I, I found it just a very and they did really good research with this interview. They knew everything about him. They they knew the right questions to ask and ask. And so yeah, it's it's an off the beaten path, but yet. Uh, in the purview of what we talk about with our favorite things, and I and I just want to celebrate this American actor Fritz Weaver as well, who played this random musical Baker Street, uh, and and also to shout out to this podcast I hear Sherlock everywhere uh, for finding this guy and uh, and celebrating this this very small little piece of musical theater history. So uh, kudos to you guys for that interview as well. That's fabulous. I always forget Christopher yeah. Walken did musicals. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, who was his roommate? So quite good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Someone we interviewed was like his roommate or something. You'll probably remember better than I, I can. I can't remember, but yeah, we interviewed somebody who was yeah. like, oh, yeah, Christopher Walken was my roommate. Oh, yeah, yeah. They did like shows together. Yeah, he started out, well, he's a tap. I mean, you look at Pennies from Heaven, the movie with Bernadette Peters, and he's got a whole tap dance solo. And he did that, uh, what are the Beastie Boys uh, music video, or there's a, a, a rock music yeah, video where like, he yeah. also is oh, he tap like, dance yeah. in that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like oh, that yeah. one. I wonder why he didn't do any more musicals. Well, he lives in Connecticut. Maybe we should try to chat with him sometime and ask him. You know, he, I, I bet you he would like to talk about his show business days and tap dancing, and not necessarily all of the mu- movies that he does. You know, he would have been a great Vandegelder. Hello, oh, can you imagine his Vandegelder? <laughs> it would have been slightly creepy. Yeah, it would have been a little creepy. Yeah, but it would have been funny. I'm trying to think. I'm he can do no wrong. I can't do a Christopher Walken. Never mind. I was gonna. I I put a penny in my pocket. <laughs> That's good. And in a little time, the penny in my pocket turned into a dime. <laughs> and in a little longer, a quarter jingled out. That's it. That's, That's it. R- that is one of the best impersonations you've ever done, Robin. No, no, There's no, no planning no. that. You had no idea you were going to do that. Well done. He well was done. also the original choice for Young Allison in Fun Home. Oh, right. You're That's right. bearing... Your swagger and the clothes you'll wear, ring of keys. <laughs> oh, your ring of keys. That's it. Oh, current call, current call on that one. Whew. He's like, I need money from Metro North, like John Simon. That's <laughs> never mind. Sorry. <laughs> oh, John Simon. <laughs> I need money to get back on the train. Okay, great. That's it. It's actually the dad for mouth. All right. So uh, t- take a look at Gwen Verdon's final stage appearance in the Sweet Charity Benefit. I can't wait. And if anyone has that full benefit, please help us. Yes. Please, and, please. and listen to I Hear Sherlock Everywhere. I love that. Yeah. And the episode is A Musical Stroll Down Baker Street. Check out the interview with Fritz Weaver. It's really special. Oh, okay. Till next time. Bye, everyone. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. 
There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.